just a note or a friendly reminder before we get started today. It is never my heart to trigger or bring up topics that would be heavy or hard for you to hear. However, these are real life stories that sometimes can get really messy. So listen with caution, but I hope that you are inspired and encouraged to know that you are not alone and that your story matters. Here we go. Hey everybody, so glad that you chose to join us here at Keeping It Real with Amber. I'm your host, Amber McCutcheon, and I'm sitting here with my friend, Crystal, today, who also happens to be on my board for Hope, Healing Our Past Experiences. Now that's not what this is all about today. We will talk about that another time, but Crystal, I'm glad to have you on the show today. Amber, thank you, and I'm so excited and honored to get to share this momentous occasion with you as we kick off the first podcast for Keeping It Real with Amber. And it just so happens it's kicking off on 222, which is also your birthday. Yay! I'm so excited. And for those of you that want to know, I am turning 44 today. Ain't no shame in that. And I tell you, I can't be old when I still got little ones at home. Uh, I have 12 kiddos, actually. That'll be something that kind of keeps it real on the show. Our oldest is 22, and our youngest is two. All about the twos in our household today. <laughs> that is a, that is definitely a household full. So let's talk about keeping it real with Amber. What do you want the listeners to see in every episode? I want this to be a space to be real people who have real lives. And life is messy. And along that, like I feel like we live in a society and a culture today that we see a lot of smoke screens. Um, people are afraid to be authentic. They're afraid of rejection. And I am telling you, anybody who tells you they have it all together, they are either being deceived themselves or they're just flat out lying to you because of what they are afraid to experience in the background. And so you're not going to have that here on Keeping It Real. We're going to have um, fun conversations, hard conversations. We're going to probably laugh or probably cry. Um, and we're not putting this in a box. Like those of you who maybe know me outside of this podcast, I do work with survivors of sexual abuse, misuse, and trauma. I've done that for well over a decade. I am a mom to 12 kiddos and been married for 25 years and um, homeschool our kids. And I work in a variety of places and wear a lot of different hats. And so in that, I work with a lot of different people. And I wanted to have a place to where I could kind of bring all aspects of my life into one thing where uh, all those streams kind of pour into one and we are able to pour out into so many to be encouraging to be inspiring um, to call an action to know that you're not alone that you matter and that your story matters and so you'll see a wide variety of people here on keeping it real one thing you told me about keeping it real is the acronym or the the foundation for it is real events affecting lives. Absolutely. Those who have hung out with me before, like a ton of acronyms in my life, like hope healing our past experiences real. Um, if you didn't catch what crystal said it real, um, we wanted to break it down. It's real events affecting lives. 
And so every one of us listening to this podcast right now can have something come to your mind that you know affected your life for better or for worse. Um, And so those are the things that we're going to share here that um, maybe it was the hardest thing you've ever experienced, but then maybe we can pour into others who have experienced something similar. And so I'm excited for that opportunity to next week. You're going to love the guest. Um, I hear it's going to be quite a showstopper. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Anybody who has uh, hung out with him at all knows uh, that my husband is hilarious. And now he's an introvert, but he has most definitely agreed to come on next week because if this is not an Amber thing, you know, and if I'm going to keep it real as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, um, as a founder of a nonprofit, as all these other things, like all those aspects of my life matter. And so I feel like introducing my husband early on in this journey is important so that the listeners get to to kind of get a little bit of our background um, behind the scenes. Um, and so you are in for a big treat next week. Well, bringing Bo on is definitely going to be keeping it real. <laughs> for real. For real. <laughs> for sure. So, Amber, I know we, we you said you would talk about hope a little bit a little bit more but where where do you see where do, what is the vision that you have for this particular podcast keeping it real I, I know we're you're it's not going to just focus on the aspects of trauma and abuse but all genres of life mm-hmm. that way it will it will resonate with with people across across the board so where where do you see keeping it real going let's say in the next six months Well, my hope would be that in the next six months, we would have such a variety of people um, hosted here on the episodes that we would have gathered up people who maybe have never heard that there's healing even possible. Now, that's not what this is all about, but maybe they're approached, um, they're attracted to the aspect of my life that I homeschool or that my husband's a blacksmith or that, you know, fill in the blank. Like there's just a lot of different things in that. And maybe they're attracted to that aspect. And maybe it's not even my life that they're brought into the show on. Maybe it's somebody else that comes along. But through that, they find that there is actually hope and healing in order to overcome our past hurts. Whether that includes the sexual abuse, misuse, and trauma. It doesn't matter what your hurt is. You can be real. And it starts with being real with ourselves before we can ever be real with others. I know for a long time in my life, I wore many masks and the people I I was around, they preferred that mask because when I started taking the mask off, the mask that I wore was, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's all right. You know, and as I was a business owner, um, ran and operated my own daycare, I was on a school board and, you know, was prominent person in our community. People thought our lives were fantastic. Um, all put together, which was such a joke because behind the scenes, I was miserable. I was broken. I was desperate. Um, and the aspect of, I didn't really believe there was any healing for me to overcome the things that had happened to me. And so as I had first get to get real with myself, then I got real with my creator and through that, I have experienced a healing that now overflows into my family and into others to be able to bring that hope to the forefront. You know, you're talking about 
people wearing different masks. Life is messy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just be let's yes. just, let's just be real. Life is messy. However, it it's in the messiness that we can find those little bits of joy or yes. we can find those little bits of of peace. But we can't have that unless we're having those real conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one thing that I'm honored to be a part of and blessed to be a part of of the launching of this is because this is a platform that is going to give people the opportunity to rip off those masks yes. and be who they are. Yes. You know, whether you are a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. trying to struggle, trying to juggle between uh, kids and uh, house cleaning and, you know, th- those kind of things. I saw, I saw this poster one time that said, it really doesn't matter if my house is a mess or not, as long as my kids are my kids. My kids are happy. It's... I thought that I was like, oh, wow, freeing. Let yes. me, let me, you know, let me take a picture of this. Yeah. So, I think it's really important, and it's it's so amazing that you're peeling off those masks, and your guests are willing to peel back mm-hmm. those masks and look at those layers, because the one thing that you and I in ministry have found is people always feel like they're alone. Yes. That they are the only one. Even in a room full of people. Absolutely. You can still feel isolated alone. You can still feel isolated and alone. And in this day and age Mm -hmm. where we have a lot of COVID type situations and we have had to experience a lot of social distancing, having these connections is more important than ever. Agreed. And knowing that you're not alone. Definitely. So I see I see a lot of benefit for what you're doing and I think this is going to be a great opportunity moving forward. So let's get real. For Keep real. it real with Amber. Let's do, let's do. So I just want to talk to you a little bit um, about who I am, kind of how I've become who I am today. And just give you little glimpses, not going deep into really any of it, because my hope and desire is to interweave my story um, into the conversations that I have with those coming on and joining me here on Keeping It Real with Amber. And so I am an only child. I was raised overseas as an army brat um, and then moved to the United States and started sixth grade here in southeast Missouri. Um, It was culture shock for me. Uh, I thought that I was in Podunk, Missouri, and it was a whole new world. And so it's kind of funny because the people who I grew up with overseas now listen to me and they say, you sound like a redneck. And I was like, well, there's a difference between a redneck and a hillbilly. And, you know, we can talk about that another time. So I do enjoy the benefits of living in Southeast Missouri. Uh, we live out in the country with our 12 kiddos and, um, there's a freedom in that um, instead of having to be in the middle of people all of the time. And so we do enjoy that part. Um, My husband I met when I was 13 and he was 15. Um, I actually went to a camp where my grandfather had asked me to go and um, that is where I met him and we'll uh, venture down that journey as well another time. But we went on and as we had progressed, 
if you've seen the description, I said that my husband has been through hell and back with me. And I mean that and not in a like, oh my goodness, gasping kind of way. But who we are today has been a journey. Like we didn't become the husband and wife or the mom and dad uh, that we are to our children overnight. Like we are a work in progress. We have been a work in progress and we have committed to continue being a work in progress. And that's where we want to come alongside others and just really link arms. Um, we enjoy ministering to other couples um, in the middle of their messes because like we've been there and we wish we would have had others speaking truth and life in love to us and being like, hey, listen, we got you because we used to be like that. And like, it doesn't have to be what defines you or destroys you. Like there are other options and we want to just really help equip others with tools um, that are practically applied in their life, but just to celebrate um, life as well. You know, there's so many things that I think go uncelebrated that should be celebrated. And it's not these big, huge accomplishments, but it is the progression of moving forward, um, being the change that you want for yourself, for your family, for your community, and then choosing to be an influence in a positive way no matter what your circumstances have been. One thing with that you mentioned is being the mom of 12 kids. Mm-hmm. Amazing there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, could, we, could do a, we could do a whole, uh, a whole, a whole group of episodes on Which, that. True that. <laughs> so, but what would you want to say to those moms out there that... Mm-hmm. Are struggling just a little bit and are are doing the very best they can what what would be what do you want to say to them yeah so as a mom of 12 like I said I'm an only child we didn't even know if we could have kids when we got married um, we have seven girls and five boys and you know in 2010 I began a healing journey that I continue on still today but prior to 2010 I was broken and I didn't abuse our children. I didn't, um, I didn't feel like I neglected them, but I could tell you that I was not emotionally available to them in the way that I needed to. I had walls up in every area of my life. And so as I've healed, um, a lot of that has overflowed into my children, but as mamas, um, I believe that we really do the best we can with what we have at the time. And so, like, don't beat yourself up. Don't live in regret. And, like, I would love to encourage you in any way that I can that no matter what you've done or what's been done to you or how you've experienced life, that, like, just choose to keep moving forward and choose to continue to learn and be that work in progress. And one of the things I have to ask myself as a mama because... We live in a house that we've outgrown for quite a while, so um, lots of tight spaces. And I had to choose to be like, what do I want my kids to remember 10 years from now? Do I want them to remember me being upset and uptight and feeling like we always had to tidy it up and be, you know, always in that mode? Or do I want them to remember that it was a peaceful place, that they were loved, that they were wanted, that they were cherished, that they matter? 
And do we have to clean the house? Absolutely. But we changed the way that even in the last couple of weeks that we do it, we do family speed cleans for an hour at a time. And I'm like, I write a list and I'm like, okay, listen, I just need your best for the next hour. These are the things that we're going to try to accomplish. And they know that there's a beginning and there's an end to that. A lot of our kids are neurodivergent. Um, and so that works well for them as far as their attention span. And, you know, if what you're doing in your family isn't working for you, it's okay to change it. Maybe it worked a year ago and maybe dynamics have changed. Like we change all the time. We have to adapt and overcome all the time in our household. But that's something that we teach our kids as well. That like, don't be so um, staunch on your agenda or staunch on your plans that you can't be flexible for those around you. Um, and so here are our goals, but our goals don't make or break it. It's not a pass or fail. But if we got more done than what we had originally, if we weren't going to do anything, then it's still a win. And those are the kind of things that I feel like need celebrated. Like, oh my goodness, we got an hour speed clean done. Whereas if we would have had, hey, we're going to clean and we're going to do this today, it could have taken us eight and 10 hours and not accomplish what we did in that hour. I hope that makes sense. Definitely. You, you were talking about in 2010, you started on a healing journey. Mm -hmm. um, of course, one, of, one, one thing that you and I have talked about is the very healing words from Maya Angelou of when you know better, you do better. Yes. But in that, find that self-love to mm -hmm. know, okay, this is where I was at this point, mm -hmm. but now I'm learning more. Now I can do better. Yeah. You know, it's like the old saying grandmas used to say, when you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you're rotten. Yep. Knowing better, growing, developing each and every day. Yes. And, and understanding that it's not a marathon. No. It's it's a journey. Yes. And With hills and valleys yes. and storms and sunshiny days. Yes. You know, and that's what we we're looking at that. And so like even when you're in the middle of a storm, one of the fav my favorite things to share is that has there ever been a storm that you drove into? And I think about being in your car and you can hear the rain on the car just pattering down and you got the windshield wipers going full blast. And you know that there's like this intensity of the storm. And sometimes we feel like that in life, um, in any area of our life. And so like sometimes all we can hear is just that loudness of the storm. We feel the impact of that storm. But there's not been a storm that you've drove into that you haven't come out on the other side. And so two powerful words that I pass on all the time is for now. You know, so for now I'm in this storm, but I'm not forever going to be in this storm. And so this is going to pass and I am going to be okay. And so sometimes we have to take it minute by minute and not even day by day. You know, and, you know, as moms, if you need to tap out and give yourself a timeout, go to the bathroom, go to your bedroom and be like, I need five minutes. If that's going to help you respond versus react in our household, then, you know, I don't want to react out of the middle of my emotions because I can't take back what I say or do. And I'm real. Like there's been times like I, my mom was a, a screamer, a yeller, you know, and not because she hated me, but because that was part of our, up, my upbringing. Right. And so I remember thinking, well, I'm never going to do that. And how many of us say, well, I'm never going to do that, whatever's <laughs> happened, you know? And so here I am, mom in it. And I end up like, when I get in the middle of my emotions, I would yell, you know, I would scream. And it's because I felt unheard, which tied back to so many other things in my life. And it wasn't even about the present situation, 
you know? And so I learned to like not react in that moment and how to respond in that moment. And so if there's times, especially when I'm, when I'm more exhausted, like I still have times where I'm like, I just need a minute. Like, give me, give me five minutes and I'll be right back out here and we can continue on with what we were doing. And it's okay to know our limits and to have boundaries um, and to be able to communicate that with our kids because how oftentimes are our kids not equipped to even process their own emotions? Like they're not many adults. They're children who are learning to navigate that themselves as well. One, one thing you touched on there is giving yourself permission. Mm. Let's be real. I can't run like a Swiss watch 24 hours a day, seven mm. days a week. And we can't either. We're not made that way. Yeah. God, God did not make us that way. He made us for times for rest. But being real and saying, I need a break, mm-hmm. is one of the most loving things you can do for your children. Yes. We, Although we all want to be super moms, mm-hmm. We, we're, we're not created in that image at this time. Nope. So, so one of the most loving things we can do for our children is to say, is to set that boundary and say, I need a break. Yep. I need this five minutes. It's, it's one of the most loving things for our children and for ourselves. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like they say when we're on that plane and we're getting ready to take off, and they go through the spiel with the seatbelt, the oxygen. Mm-hmm. You have to have your own oxygen. Yep. Na- you can't give device. what you don't have. Exactly. Yes. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And and I think that's something that we have to give moms, caregivers, yeah. anyone in a role like that, yeah. have to give them that permission and, and, and let them own that. Yep. That... There has to be some self-care there Mm -hmm. because if you don't have that self-care, then you're not loving, you're not loving yourself and you're not loving your kids. Right. And that makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. That makes all the difference in the world. Yep. Let's talk a minute about homeschooling. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I'll talk about what not to do. So we started home, right, we keep it real. Um, So my husband and I both were public schooled, and in uh, 2011, we began our homeschooling journey with our kiddos. So our oldest daughter at the time was in sixth grade, so she had finished sixth grade. Um, Our kids had experienced, um, some of our kids had experienced, like, some bullying at school and just some other things. And at that point in time, I had already began my healing journey, and we just needed to to heal up some brokenness, you know, and they needed an environment where they were going to be encouraged and really could learn. Um, they could be taught in the way that they learn. And so did I um, understand all that at that time? No, it has been a journey and it still remains a journey. But one of the things I would not recommend doing is trying to bring public school home. So like, we would get up and I'd be like, from this time to this time, we're going to do this. And from this time to this time, we're going to do this. Now you have to understand that prior to homeschooling our kiddos, I did own a daycare and was owner and director and did all the planning and and the lessons and stuff. So like that was kind of my, my jam and I enjoyed it and I loved it. And so that all accumulated and then bringing it home and trying to, um, 
navigate multiple ages and everything else like that uh, doesn't work. It was horrible, you know, and it didn't work for us. And so it has been something that, you know, as I had gotten more confident on like, who knows my kids best? Like that would be mom and dad. Like we know what they enjoy. We know what they don't enjoy. We know how they process like are some of them visual learners are they hands-on learners you know some of them have had difficulty even learning to read and um, I thought maybe they had dyslexia at one point in time and so um, we're able to kind of pause and redirect and revamp until it meets what they need um, but then you got like the older end of my kiddos who our oldest daughter um, graduated high school and school of ministry all at the age of 18 and then um, graduated culinary school um, from Augusta Escoffier uh, last year um, in the spring and so she's actually a pastry chef as well like she's certified or I'm not sure the terms on that but she would correct me um, and that like she graduated from that and so she um, has went on and done different things beyond because people are like well how do you graduate your kids and I'm like you basically go through the same things you would if you were in public school. You know, you're going to have your groundwork done. Um, our second oldest um, is an EMT and an ER tech and a doula and is in school to be a, a midwife, you know. And so she's working that out with goals of opening a birthing center in rural Haiti. And, you know, but she was able to go at the age of 16 um, and live there for six weeks that was part of the freedom of homeschooling, you know, and through that, like we were able to, like she learned Creole and, and, you know, different things that were able to adapt her education to meet what the needs that she had to be able to do what she planned to do in her future. And so we really enjoy the aspects of that and the flexibility of it. Um, my husband actually came home full time, uh, March of 2020. And so he has been the one um, uh, on the front lines every day, so to speak. You know, we call our home our first mission field. And so him being at home allows me the freedom to be able to go and meet with others, encourage others, and love on others outside of our home, you know. And so I still schedule my family time. And I think that that, as women who work, like sometimes we feel guilty maybe when we work or even if it's a, a two income family, you know, or, you know, and I know that there are a lot of single moms out there. Like we feel bad about scheduling time even for ourselves, but like, you know, when you're looking at your calendar, all of us have the same amount of hours in every day and we have to prioritize our family time um, and schedule that. So if you feel like I'm really stinking at spending time with my kids, put it on your calendar and then don't compromise it. You know, but also make some time for yourself. Make some time for your spouse, for your significant other. Um, relationships aren't just going to maintain themselves. It's something that we have to invest into. And so that's one of the things that I look forward to here on Keeping It Real with Amber is being able to invest into relationships that they would be able to um, then multiply and be fruitful, you know, all around the world, you know. And so... That's a beautiful thing to be able to see healing and wholeness in families, to be able to, um, like I said, be real, encourage and inspire. You mentioned, you mentioned, uh, scheduling time in this 24 seven day 
electronics at our fingertips moments. Um, it, I understand, it is, it is invaluable to schedule that time because otherwise your time gets sucked up mm-hmm. and and before you, before you know it you're at the end of your day mm-hmm. and what does scheduling per se your time look like to you well i think that as we're kind of bringing this episode to the close this is going to be the call to action this week is i would encourage you to look at your day or look at your week prioritize the things that have to absolutely be done you know if you have a set work schedule put that in there but then set your goals. Like, what is it that you're hoping? Like, if you have big goals for the year, break that down by the month or by the week. And like, what is it that I have to get done? And so that I'm scheduling to where I feel it's it's kind of like those little it's those little things that we can celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, well, this big thing may feel impossible by the end of 2022, but if I break it down by the month, and I'd be like, oh, if I get this done, then I'm one step closer. But the same thing with our families, you know. So like, if we prioritize in our week and we schedule in what the work schedule is going to be, but I also schedule in what my family time is going to be. What's my goal this week? My goal is to have a family fun night on Thursday night where we play games and gather around the table, you know, and we put the electronics away. Like, I don't, I don't want that around at that point in time because I want to look in my kids' eyes and I want to have conversations with them. Not that electronics are all evil or bad. That's not what I'm saying. But I want to create an atmosphere for conversations. And if we're all staring at our phones, that's not going to happen. And so um, we enjoy playing like card games or board games or even just having a movie that is, you know, something that we can kind of lightheartedness with our whole family or whatever. But I don't prefer movies because with movies, you're not going to be as conversational. And so as you look at your week this week and as you um, prioritize and organize, you know, organize your week workout. Uh, your work week out. I do that sometimes. Y'all get used to it. <laughs> Flipping my words. Um, and then figure out what you want for you. Is it something that you want to go on a walk? Is it something that you want to take time to read? What is it that brings you joy? So that you can schedule some time for yourself and then schedule some time for others. And then that will hopefully um, give you a little bit more rest, a little bit more peace, and be able to come back next week for Keeping It Real with Amber. Thank you all for joining us. so much for taking time today to listen to Keeping It Real with Amber. I really hope that through my story and others where we are just going to have raw conversations to encourage and inspire you with real life circumstances that you choose to keep coming back every week. The podcast will be released every Tuesday morning at 2.22 a.m. Central Standard Time. Would you share this with a friend, family, or those who you want to encourage? I'd really appreciate it. See y'all next week.